Innovate like a startup. Deliver like an enterprise. This podcast is produced by The Open Techcast. Listening to the Virtually Speaking Podcast. Ready? Three, two, one, go. Good afternoon and welcome to the Open Tech Cast with your new host, Pete Fletcher, aka Pedro Arrow, and joining me is John Nicholson. <laughs> we're John, taking over. We're taking all the podcasts. All it's the like, podcasts belong to us. Yes. Like Pirate Podcast Radio, isn't it? Hey, Alex, <laughs> who let you on here? <laughs> I'm pretty sure this was our show originally, was it? Let's get on. So, uh, yeah, Alex Galbraith here from the Open Tech Cast. we got some of the other crew, Amit and Gareth and uh, Ather all here as well. And we're doing another V mashup. And we thought we'd get together with the guys from Virtually Speaking and have a bit of a chat about what's going on at the show. So, uh, Amit, what are you thinking about what you've seen so far? What's, what's been interesting? What's good? Yeah, so I'm, I'm not going to talk technology per se because I think everyone is going to cover that. So I'll talk about the, the keynotes, um, especially the, the people that are brought on stage, the celebrities. Oh, yes. Um, so Martha Lane Fox, obviously, um, on stage today, talking mm-hmm. about her journey, you know, amazing, amazing lady, amazing career, what she's done, um, lastminute.com, through to the House of Lords, through to, you know, developing new educational services out there. Phenomenal, phenomenal. And then Professor Brian Cox, who we saw yesterday. Ah, I missed that. Was that. Our, that was our claim to Got fame. Uh, Joe Bagley hosting him nice. on the AI, AI panel. <laughs> Very nice. So amazing, amazing. I Lots was having to explain for those for those listeners who actually don't know. And I, and I was talking to, to um, uh, Mike Preston earlier on today, and he was like, who's this Brian Cox guy? <laughs> and we're like, well, so he's kind of like, uh, a presenter on TV, but he's also an astrophysicist, but he also used to be a keyboard player in a band in the 90s. And he was like, you, sorry, what now? <laughs> M- music slash physics. I, yeah. I hear that's a common combination. It's, yeah, so. it works really well. <laughs> yeah, you do have frequencies in both um, places. So, no, yeah, there like- is some correlation. <laughs> oh, yeah. I like that. Very, very subtle segue there. Yeah. <laughs> Alex, what about you? What was your takeaway for the, for the uh, VMworld? I think I've, I've just been doing the same, same thing I do every VMworld, which is ignore almost all the sessions and ah. just go around talking to everybody that I can, which is my absolute favorite thing about VMworld. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. it's, it's, getting the, it's getting the, for me, it's like um, one of the themes that seem to be cropping up. And what, you know, so unsurprisingly this year, everybody's talking about Kubernetes. You know, that is the, it's special K, you know? Yeah. I, I, I hear we had some free loose change and we bought something related to Kubernetes this week, too. Indeed. So that, that, that certainly has uh, drawn some interesting discussion because I think a few people are like, ah, oh, right, so they've done this thing, but what, what does it mean? So I don't think I've really got a feel yet as to what it actually means for why, why they've done it and what they're going to do with it. I mean, we're, we're an infrastructure platform company and it's, you know, there, there's a lot of things that come out and there's hype cycle of, oh, you know, serverless, you know, my, you know mono, was it uh, unikernels? Unikernels were all the rage oh, a while yeah. back <laughs> and, and everyone's going to go to OpenStack. But no, Kubernetes is actually becoming a, a core a infrastructure platform. So Agreed. it makes sense that, yep. you know, we pick up two of the three founders and, uh, I, you know, my, my other joke on Twitter is, oh, we're, we're buying Scott Lowe back. I, I see. We're acquiring Scott Lowe again. <laughs> yeah. So, but no, it's, uh, 
Yeah, normally people just give you a pay rise to make you not leave. So yeah, in Scott's yeah. case, he goes to other companies, they just buy the They just buy them back, yeah. yeah. So are yeah, you yeah. saying you that uh, VMware is the Hotel California of the virtualization world? <laughs> yeah, but it's a pretty comfortable hotel though. <laughs> it is, it is indeed. So yeah, I, I w I'm, I'm also quite interested in, you know, the latest developments on Kubernetes and actually the management side of it, um, service mesh. I, I'm glad that VMware is finally getting into deep into Kubernetes as well. and and managing all those container workloads. Um, so this morning I, uh, I was at the VXPert Daily as well and talking about the, the fact that uh, Istio, for example, uh, okay. is, is more cloud agnostic and works on VMware platforms as well. Um, but it, it, the multi-cloud world um, uh, needs those kind of toolings to develop um, and take the uh, burden and authentication, management, all those kind of things away from the developer. and those kind of platforms maturing and VMware getting into the mix because we know VMware is everywhere, right? Sure. Well, yeah. So uh, that, and, that provides an opportunity. And bringing that whole enterprise operations, there's been this challenge for the longest time developers, they had to live with what you gave them. You're like, ah, yeah, yeah. I give you this. You get, you know, <laughs> no soup for you. You know, you gotta, <laughs> you, you had control of what a developer could consume yeah. and now they're like, oh, yeah. I'm gonna grab my credit card and go spin Just up a box Amazon. somewhere yeah, yeah, and, uh, and, and to a certain degree, these new development platforms, these cloud-native platforms, they've been consumed ahead of IT actually having the tooling to operationalize, secure, monitor, manage, connect, you know, all these things yep. and automate. And so it, it's been an interesting, you know, I, I don't want to say we're playing catch-up necessarily with where developers have gone, but wherever, wherever applications are going and wherever new workloads are going, um, you have to follow your customer. You can't try to shove them and in, in, in keep them in the old box. And that works for us. That also works for the IT admins everywhere. And that's... That's the context I'd, I view this acquisition on. Oh, well, moving on to me, um, you know what you're saying exactly there. That that's one thing that's interesting me is actually the IoT and Edge workspace. Yeah. And ha you know, again, bringing in Kubernetes, do you process at the edge? Do you bother throwing data back, or do you only get what you want when you need it, process it there and then, and dump off the rest? For me, that's that's something that's quite interesting this time around. And uh, I've got to run around here in a minute, find the booth. They've got VMware ESX. Oh, running on Raspberry Pis. Mm. Yeah, so that's a really fun project. We talked yeah. to Pat about that at VMworld, but yep, yep. It, I, I've been like a kid in a candy store, like, <laughs> is excited arm, is excited arm. For the past three years I've been at VMware, it's been this internal project, and I've been sitting there diligently reading the reports, mm. and yep. we've been working on this forever. It was always kind of an in case of, you know, in case of emergency break glass, you know, when the market developed, mm -hmm. and uh, I, I was... I'm still kind of in shock that we finally made that announcement. So that's yeah. that's going to be a lot of fun. It is. And as you said, like that whole IoT and Edge, actually, what, a, a cluster of Raspberry Pis is probably going to cost you more in licensing than the actual <laughs> hardware. So. Actually, I'm curious, and uh, let me know. Um, is it the case that uh, once, uh, early days, VMware um, was developing something which was to, supposed to run on mobiles, to create virtual mobiles within the mobile. Is that something has so evolved there, into So there was yes. a project a long time ago, if we go back to the history that they announced, I think at a Mobile World Congress a long time ago, too, there was going to be like a hypervisor on phones. So you would have like a, a work mode and a, and a play mode. I remember that, yeah. And, and really, Brian Madden's probably the better one to go through the history of that. The initial plan was, yeah, you basically have two completely different OS and environments. Uh, there are two challenges to that. One was just at the time phones weren't as powerful, and so that was a lot of that. That was trying to solve it at the under the underlay issue. Uh, the other one is you had to get all the carriers to agree to that because back in the day the carriers controlled what code went on there, and I, oh, I don't want to call them all greedy individuals <laughs> who you know want their pound of flesh to do business with, but but they are. 
<laughs> the, the, the reality, though, is what we did instead for that is instead of virtualized ARM on the phone, we instead went with, okay, let's orchestrate and secure. And, oh, by the way, you know, Apple, you know, first with good APIs and then Google, you know, they've caught up a bit and Samsung Knox and others. Mm-hmm. The APIs for mobile device management caught along to where it's like, okay, do we really need to do, do we really need to solve this at a, at a virtualization infrastructure layer or do we just need to solve this at an API layer? And as MDM, you know, that's kind of, that was announced. It never really went anywhere. And instead, I think we've been a lot more successful doing things like Workspace ONE and uh-huh. MDM APIs and things like and that. So, do, so that original code base that they worked on back in the day, is that what's now developed into this new server I, I don't, version? Or I don't know, but different? no, this has been going on forever. What's really fun about the ARM thing is if you paid really close attention, you know, um, for GPL reasons, I think our bootloader, we published that on GitHub. It's out there. Right. If you actually looked in the bootloader, the, the ARM code's been sitting there for years yep. and no uh, one noticed it. Oh, wow. Um, I mean, it's, you know, we're, we're, we're sneaky and discreet, but <laughs> yeah. it's, it's sometimes shocking how, like, brazen things could be hiding in plain sight. Yeah. Now I get to laugh, be like, haha, no one saw that, but it was there. I also found it interesting how subtle the announcement was about ARM at VMworld Vegas. There was like 10 different announcements on the general well, session. it was rapid fire. We're buying cloud health. By the way, look at this. Woo! Yes. But you know the, the clapping that you got after that, uh, I think the two main things that you got a lot of clapping for, A was this, ESXi on ARM. Yeah. And the other was uh, VM, RDS on um, Amazon. Oh, yeah, uh, RDS bringing that yeah. out to the edge. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. I've had a lot of customers I've talked to about database management. I was like, oh, have you looked at RDS? They're like, no, 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 we can't We can't put our stuff in the cloud. I'm like, no, no, no it's coming to you. Yeah. Like, that's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just and, like an availability zone, right? When we, and we, we also we spoke with Pat about that announcement, and he also kind of said, this is the way of things to come because... You know, we've already got Greengrass, so we can do Lambda on the edge. Yep. Uh, we can do serverless from AWS. We can now do databases. That's two of, what, 90 different PaaS services they have. Mm-hmm. What's coming next? Who knows? Well, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. So <laughs> the door is now open. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think I was uh, I was in a Brian Graf kind of uh, private VMUG session just um, on the first day of the event. And it was amazing because he mentioned, obviously, Pat showed the, uh, the, all the regions and how all the yeah. normally roadmap is quarterly, but this was like down like two years in advance. So that was the one thing he wasn't expecting. Yeah. And then the secondly, which you mentioned like the amount of services that are going to be on-premises brought from, you know, the Amazon model. RDS is the start of many things, right? Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. So um, he, he's super excited about that. And I'm sure every customer is too, right? Yeah. 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 I love the fact that Robo is no longer just considered, oh, that little remote office that's not really, they're not really doing anything. It's Edge. Yeah. It's Edge. Robo is boring. That's like my print server and a, a read-only domain controller that, you know, if it blew up and caught on fire, I wouldn't really care about. Yeah. Now you've got really strategic stuff, you know, going on on the Edge. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, I mean, some of that stuff is, uh, particularly the AI and ML type stuff moving forward, it, you could literally be, and I don't want to say blowing up and being on fire again, but oil rigs, for example. Yeah, <laughs> people I, are doing a lot yeah. of stuff. Well, yeah. One of our OEM partners have done a lot of work with Honeywell. They do the pressure monitoring on that yeah. and that stuff. It's crazy how, how aggressive it has to pull that data. Mm-hmm. So even if you could get a pipe big enough, the latency yep. to get a response back, for, it's just not going to work. Yep. It's, yeah. it's got to be processed locally. It has to be on, uh, on the edge, literally, because yeah. it has to take 
very, very quick decisions based on they, their appliances, their yep. sensors, and they have to be very quick. I mean, there is volumes no other way. of data as well. So it's not even just the latency piece. It's also like just even having a pipe to move stuff backwards and forward fast enough to process it. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Well, so it's easier to pre-process it and then dump the stuff you no longer need and then just send back what you do. Well, I mean, when bandwidth is growing, it may be 3x. Data is growing at 50x. You know, it's something's <laughs> got to give. Top. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, talking about exciting things uh, that are coming up, uh, I'm very excited also about uh, VMC on AWS being available in all regions. Oh, so yeah. It's growing. It's growing. It's not just for the US. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and the, the thing that excites me most is the backend services that you can integrate into. I mean, everyone talks about DR, cloud bursting, and all those kind of applications. When it was announced, the first thing that I was getting excited about was that how you can have VMware workload, you know, best of private cloud with the best of public cloud, mm. you know, those services integrating with each other. Yeah. And uh, doing. Yeah, if you're using Redshift or something like that, that just doesn't really exist outside of yep. their data centers. But you don't want to replatform everything to be able to put it there. So it's. Yep. Exactly. And your cake and eat it too. That's the thing, because um, when you have these technologies at, at your hand, why not just use the best of both worlds exactly. and, you know, create yep. something beautiful out of it? Completely agree. Super excited about VMware Cloud on AWS. It just makes sense to have the same technology, the same tools that you've been using on-prem for so long and, and yep. be able to just manage that in AWS, whether it's you know core, cloud, and even edge, right? Yep. And for, you know, to bring the customers to it, it's important for it to be available everywhere, right? They're oh, yeah. not going to uh, buy into it if it's not in all regions, but that's coming soon. And I think we'll, we're going to see a lot of take-up after that. Well, and it, it shows a commitment to partner with everyone, wherever... Wherever customers are going, you have to follow them and, and take care of it. Otherwise, you just become irrelevant and you hide in the corner. So, in fact, I think I saw on Twitter this morning that uh, Citrix is now supported on VMware Cloud on AWS, even PBS. So it's oh, wow. like, wow, oh, wow we're that's, working with everybody here. So it's <laughs> but but as you're saying there, it makes that true next gen data center. It might not be your data center, but you can take that agility from the cloud and put it straight into, as you said, that traditional stack. You've got all your traditional apps up there, yeah. comes straight in with all that really cool serverless, you know, PKS and all the new cutting edge kind of processing yeah. in the ML it's just there. So as soon as Amazon announce it, you can bring it as close to your apps as, as yeah. literally you can. Well, yeah. that's the thing is that I think there were a lot of customers who historically have wanted to use cloud for stuff, but haven't been able to because they need to have some of the um, processing power close to where their data and their main out their legacy these legacy applications that they're not they're not going to get rid of these for years and years and years, and so by giving them a, a, a location to run those applications that is close to these cloud platforms and cloud services, then they can actually start to consume it. So I could actually see it accelerating more growth in the in the cloud, as well as at the same time allowing customers to still maintain some of these legacy bits that they just well, can't get rid of. Yeah, there some things that are just not going to go away. Yeah, well, exactly. One thing that's very clear, and I, I don't think it's necessarily communicated enough, is everyone looks at choice of platform and what cloud and what app you use as a zero-sum game. Yeah. It's though, oh, we're all going to migrate off of that all at the same time and go do this new cool <laughs> hipster thing. And the reality is, if you look at the industry right now, you know, all boats are rising. Yeah. Every, everything is increasing. Cloud consumption is increasing. Um, regular server sales. I think I, I saw the IDC numbers. They're up like 30% year over year. I think Dell was reporting 40% increase in servers. This is a mature, mar boring market of x86 <laughs> servers. And somebody's growing 
you know, in the billions on billions every year. Yeah. There is so, I mean, new platforms are being adopted, but the old platforms still exist. They're not going anywhere. And it's, you know, HCI is booming. But even traditional storage had a, had a nice little growth over the past year. Yep. So every everything is growing. It's, it's not this zero-sum knife fight yeah. of there's only going to be one cloud. And after we, you know... Three clouds enter, one cloud leaves. <laughs> you know, tonight at the Thunderdome. Like, yeah. no, it's it's it, it's it's safe to diversify your skills and make multiple investments because this stuff's all gonna keep growing and keep being there. Yeah. So, I, I was just saying that the workload placement of the workload has to be on the right cloud that's suitable for it. Yep. So, like you were saying, that legacy will remain legacy and probably on the maybe uh, on a standards based cloud. Yep. But in a private cloud because sure. that's what's suited to it. But the main thing is that to have your workloads mobile. So you architect them in a way that they can actually run in any environment. Obviously, Kubernetes is one of those things. But you can actually look at the infrastructure as well. And as long as they can move between the different clouds, uh, that's all you require. And uh, while while you say that, uh, we thought we were going to miss out on having Kev on the show. And Kev has just sidled up right now. All right, Kev. Hey, guys. How's it going? (laughs) How's it going, mate? My my, my session over around because... um, because I'm, I'm, I'm obviously really good at timekeeping. I was going to say, I thought it was because you were a gobby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, just lots of customer questions at the end. So that, that was good. It's, uh, this is my first, first VMworld as a VMware uh, employee. So Welcome to the uh, team, my friend. It's a proper road trip. You know, part of me wants to go, yay, and part of me wants to go, boo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I've, I've been having a really good time. Is everyone else uh, you know, having, having a great time? Everyone yeah. ready, ready for bed now? Uh, I tell you what, you can probably hear it in my voice, actually. Yeah, um, you I've, you were out late last night, weren't you? Last night was a very interesting evening. Yeah, um, yeah. there's there's been some awesome events actually, as usual at the, at the show. But uh, yeah, I think last night was quite a heavy one, so I, I wasn't necessarily in here for eight o'clock this morning like I normally would be. <laughs> yeah, I, I think everybody has that day three Barry White voice. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Yeah, it's well, it's it's normally the day after the official party, isn't it? Right. Right. That's, that's where I've lost my pass. I can't get into the building. And uh, <laughs> where's where's my shoes? How, where, where am I sleeping? Uh, exactly. Yeah, it's all it's all interesting stuff. But yep, yeah, yep, it's yep. been it's been a busy busy old VM world for me so far. Yeah, what have you guys been chatting about? Yeah, well, we've we just did a big tech talk about all the announcements here in Vegas and in Barcelona. Okay, cool. and I wanted to circle back, uh, you know, as we sort of wrap up a little bit, back to the uh, the the thing that we started with, which was what do you do when you come to these events, right? And Alex, you were saying how you know you skip a lot of sessions. I think some people come and you know they just dive into all the sessions to do the hands-on labs. But I, I want to agree with you that I think one of the really really best parts about coming to VMworld is connecting with all these peers that we yeah. see, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's on any Slack or whatever, and get a chance to just have those water cooler conversations, Absolutely. you know, have a beer, have some food together, you know, and then actually really connect. And that to me is probably one of the most inspiring parts of VMworld. That's my favorite part yeah. for sure. I've lear- I think I've learned more as well from sitting, having conversations around a table like that. Oh yeah. Uh, than any individual session I've ever been to, just because you find out other people have got the same problems as you've got. Yeah. And how did they solve that challenge? And what have they been dealing with? And where are they going next with their businesses and so forth. So for me, that's by far and away the best part of the show. Now, since I have several sessions this week, I don't really like to advocate coming to VMworld and not attending sessions. <laughs> <laughs> likewise, likewise. But yeah, I, I think I, I try to book maybe two or three sessions a day. Yeah, yeah. And then the rest of it just kind of hang around in the, uh, the VMTN area yeah. or, you know, just, just hang around and uh, chat, chat about what, what sessions other people have been in. Oh, yeah. the, uh, the connections that you make at VMworld, yeah. uh, you know, they're, they're worth their weight in gold. I, the, I probably wouldn't be working for the company now if it wasn't for you know, co- coming out a few times. Right, so right. I've got to be grateful for that. 
The other part is like go into the, uh, if, if you've never been to VMworld or if you do, don't miss out on the meet the experts. Like you go yeah. to these areas, sign up for any, any topic you want to talk about. And instead of having to run into someone like at a bar or, you know, have lunch with them, you can literally sit down with people with a round table of people that have the same questions and have yep. really good conversations about different technologies. To me, that's one of the real the benefits. So the, the other one that I would add to that actually is of all the types of sessions, I will always try and go to at least one is the expert led hands-on workshops. Yes. yes because yes. It's often the product managers and the guys who, and girls who were actually creating the things and right. you get to go through the, the workshops with them. And that's even some of the stuff that they tell you kind of like off the record, oh, well, you know, this, this oh, is, this this is why we did that. And exactly. oh, that's coming next version. Exactly. Yeah. And absolutely <laughs> invaluable. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, coming to VMworld for me, the, the, the best part is, as you say, meeting people. Uh, I encourage everyone, whoever comes to VMworld, uh, 10 sessions, yes, fine up, uh, but in between, Visit the bloggers area because everyone is uh, happy to meet you oh, over yeah. there. Um, and don't be afraid to you know, share your knowledge, your experience, uh, have chats. Uh, also, get involved in any of the podcasts that are uh, coming around. I don't know, virtually speaking podcast, maybe See. Uh, get on to that one. <laughs> exactly. Um, open tech cast guides are also roaming around at times. See. No? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, plugging our own podcast here as well. Uh, but uh, many things are going on. Uh, VMware are running things like Tech Confessions, um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. NSX Roving Reporter. Yep. Get involved in those things because that basically gets you um, introduced to those people and uh, spread your knowledge uh, amongst everyone around the world. So you're basically saying mic bomb anybody you see. <laughs> yes, yes. If you see a mic, just be there. <laughs> Strangely, I've had three people already approach me this year just to ask about blogging and all sorts, and that's oh, never yeah. happened. In any other year, wow. I've, had, I've had people at VMware and people outside VMware just ask for tips and hints after they've seen something in the booth or VMTN. Right, right. So yeah. that's quite nice, giving back like that. Five yeah. minutes and they're happy and they connect with you. Done. Yeah. Well, as a fellow podcaster, gentlemen, I want to thank you for all the hard work that you guys do. I know it's not easy, but uh, I listen to your show and I think you guys got some really great content out there and I appreciate you. Cool, thanks. Well, thank you for doing the mashup with us as well. Yeah, yeah man. It's been awesome. Hey. Gentlemen, enjoy your VMworld. Cheers. Thank you. It's great fun. Yeah. Cheers, peace. Initiating extraction. Initiating extraction. Thanks for listening to the Open Tech Cast. Thanks for listening to the Open Tech Cast. See you next time.